Hello and welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast presented by us here at Proudmouth. I'm Matt Halloran, your host. This show has a very simple foundation to meet amazing people who have risen above the noise, who are unapologetically themselves and have embodied being their own loud. Using these interviews as inspiration, our purpose is to help you amplify your voice to become the subject matter authority you were meant to be. Be Your Own Loud. Today, our guest is David Schmeichel, and we're going to dive into a whole bunch of really fun stuff with David. All right, David, how are you doing, dude? It's nice to have you on the show. I'm doing well, man, and uh, it'll be an interesting feat for me to match your energy because I'm typically a, a low, even keel guy. I'm excited, though. But maybe you'll balance me out a little bit because I have been told I can be just a smidge over the top. All right. Well, you and I met. Let's talk about quickly how how we met because I think the power of getting to know super cool people is freaking just amazing. And we met because I had interviewed somebody who asked you to be a main stage and open up something called The Gathering, yeah. uh, which world's largest marketing event. And you did the you did your opening, was it three years ago? Two years who who was it? Who uh, introduced us? That would be Ryan Gill, Mr. Gill. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a powerhouse. That guy, uh, a yes guy, right? He he's always he he never looks at a an opportunity as a problem or rather a problem as as anything but an opportunity, right? And and he always likes to challenge people. So he threw this last minute. He's like, hey, um, he saw uh, my, probably my, my first piece that I performed at Creative Mornings. And he's like, hey, what do you think about uh, doing something like that at the gathering? I'm like, what? It's like my second time on stage. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Not knowing what it was going to look like, but, uh, but wanting to try the opportunity out. We call that crisis-tunity, brother. Every time that there's a crisis, that means that you can look at it as a crisis or an opportunity. I think I actually stole that from Homer Simpson. That's a, a Simpsons quote. There, but, um, He's a wise man. He is a wise man. I, I absolutely love the idea of, of rising to the challenge. And you have done that consistently. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I ask everybody the same question, David, right out of the gate, which is like, how did you become you? Like, how have you embodied yourself over the years to become and do all of the wonderful things that you do for people, which we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. Mm -hmm. well, I'd like to say it was really in well intentioned and, and articulate and clear. And I knew exactly what steps I needed to take, you know, one after the other. And that wasn't the case for a, a good part of 20 years of my life. I wandered aimlessly. I uh, made myself bad and wrong for my uh, perceived limitations and inabilities in the moment, although I hadn't really acquired any. It was the process of getting there that I just didn't know. I didn't know any better. I thought I was supposed to just land on it, get it. It's like, you know, you get tapped and, and you found your, your calling. Hindsight, after having experienced a number of, of life-changing experiences and looking back at them, I, I got to see the, the intuitive direction that I was going in and, and was able to connect the dots for myself now that I was ready to look at it with that introspection. Hmm. It was at, at, at that time where I, I really saw, oh, I, th that was necessary for me to get to that next stage in my life where I was exploring and trying to figure out 
am I a creative person? I, I think we are all creative people. And well, what does that look like for me, right? As opposed to the first time going to college and like literally right out of high school, going to ACAD, Alberta College of Art, and being uh, rejected. Hmm. And met, I made that mean everything, right? Like that I was not capable. Uh, but that was the journey. I, I needed to elevate, right? That that was the opportunity is, yeah, you're, you you weren't quite good enough. And that doesn't mean you you throw everything out the window. But that's what I did. I had it that that was, it was an all in or all out context. Yeah. Yeah. When did you have the epiphany or is it an ongoing epiphany for you to be okay with you being you publicly? Uh, it, there was an epiphany for sure. It, it started when I'd say about seven years ago. So I'm 42. It started seven years ago. It was a, a larger than life character that showed up in my world and how he showed up, who he was, was larger than life, energetic, excited, there was always something to be grateful for in his world. And I'm like, damn, man, like, what is it about you? And, and I, can I get some of that? And that led me down a path of self-discovery, like really understanding who I was and what makes me tick, right? Like the, the inner dialogue and, and all the stories that we, we bring along with us for the ride. And I started to unpack it, unravel it and go, oh, that's why I do what I do. As I started to get clearer about that, I saw what it was that uh, I could allow myself to, to own, right? Mm -hmm. To be my own loud, as it were, to be my own truth, to, to just express myself the way I deep down wanted to be able to do. I said I, I could actually just do that. And there was a freedom there. Yeah. Yeah. You just used the word truth, and uh, it, since we've been running the show, which hasn't been very long, I've never had anybody give me a line of questions. So for everybody, full disclosure here, David and I have talked before this, and we were preparing for the show, getting to know each other a little bit. And so I, I, I emailed him and I said, David, you know, it's a very simple show. I start off with asking one question, which is kind of tell me your story, which we just did. And he said, yeah, yeah, that's great. But here's a whole bunch of other questions you could ask me. And they're so good. He has got questions that are fun to answer, questions about himself, right? And then the last one is, you know, what does he do? We're going to get to a lot of those. But one of the questions, and I was telling Jen, who's our co-host of the show, she's the one who helps make sure that all the, the right things pop up, links and all of that stuff. She's basically the, the techno brilliance behind this, this live stream. But his first question is, what is truth? What is the truth? Which is like the deepest philosophical question. There's like, you know, what is reality? What is truth? What is beauty? Right. You know, what is reality? Right. Those are the, the, the four major questions in philosophy. And you launched right into the first one. So, dude, and you just brought up your own truth. What is the truth? How does one find it? And even more importantly, how does one, when they find that truth, make that part of who they are in part of their expression? Yeah. You know, after, uh, after exploring it for myself and, and really digging in with, with a group of people to, to ask a very existential question, mm -hmm. what is the truth? I can't help but 
be pulled back into what I was told was the truth. I was raised in a, a very strong religious context. Mm -hmm. I, I got a lot of values and I've got, I, I got a lot of really good things out of that. There was, a, there was also a, this other side of things that, that seems so absolute. You can't, you can't challenge the truth. It's very hard to challenge the truth in, in its definition. It's like, yeah, but it's true. So how could you possibly challenge it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was constantly raised with, with that as the, the language. It's like, this is the truth. I just accepted it for what it was. There came a point in my life where there was a misalignment, like something just wasn't fitting with who, how I saw the world, how I wanted to see the world and, and what was told to me as the truth. So I asked myself that question, what is the truth? And the answer is there is no truth, <laughs> really. It is a journey of self-discovery and it is about accepting who we are and, and what drives us, you know, what, what do we believe at our core and, and do we trust ourselves at, are we willing to trust ourselves at that level? Are we willing to go deep enough to, to figure it out? Right. And, and then the truth reveals itself. It's like, yeah, you know, what's important to me. What's important to me is that other people are, are heard and, and understood that, that inclusivity and equity and all of these things that have, have been, thrown around to the loss of its value in, in the in what it actually means it, it's time to actually take something back there like like move it forward do something about it and uh, and it requires action so my truth is is just continuing to do what needs to be done in the space of having people feel like they're actually heard for the value they bring in the world and it's not the same for everybody. It's different, right? It's not the same for everyone. So how do you do that? I mean, this is going to kind of get us into your work and in your performance and your art and all of the things that really truly make you you. But people who are listening right now, how do you help? Do you help them figure out their truth? Number one, in your coaching, right? So, I mean, you, you have you wear many, many hats, but do you help them with that? And then when somebody does come to you, and they found their truth either with you or without you. What do you do with that? What mm -hmm. is like, here's my truth, David, this is who I am. This is what I do. Where do you take me from there? Yeah. Well, I started in the world of marketing and communications. Uh, actually, I started as a, as a designer. The, the, this notion of expressing an idea into the world was, was a curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. And done well, man, you can really make a big impact. And I always wondered how, how do you do that? How do you really make an impact out in the world? And, and it came down to really understanding what, what is important to me, what's valuable to me and, and where can I make the difference? I started in this world of communications, but I, I felt a fundamental disconnect because it all came, I shouldn't say all of it, but a vast majority comes from a place of persuasion. Yeah. I'm going to convince you that what I have is what you need. And yeah. I'm like, that doesn't feel right. I'm not going to get into where it comes from. And, and it's got a long, rich, dark history, right? Our, our ways of communicating and, and marketing to one another. And it was just uh, off for me. So the, the exploration started there is like, okay, so if not that, then what? 
because we still need to share and speak and, and talk about what it is that we're doing, but how do we do it? When I work with clients and it could be individual people, organizations, there is something at their core that, that isn't their product or service. Mm-hmm. It's not the thing to market and you as a marketer. And I would, I would assert you get this. It's like, you can't, you just can't come at it with uh, the sales pitch anymore. And more people are, are getting that. So if it's not that, then there has to be a deeper understanding and a clarity of purpose, right? I'm selling this thing, but to what end? Why, why does it matter? What difference does it make? That's the work that I do with my clients is, is get them to figure out what that is and remove all the tactic and strategy that we tend to get bogged down by. And the tactics and strategy support once you get that level of clarity, but you don't lead out with that because it's not long lasting. It doesn't, doesn't stick around. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a lot where a lot of people fail when they're going to work with a marketing company is, is they think that they need to take their, they're on step three or four, where you've got to rewind them back to step one and two or three before they get to all of the tactics. Well, you know, once you have an idea who you are, right, what your truth is, what you're trying to do, what is the foundation of, of, the greater good of what you're offering, then you hire people like us because then we take that to the next level. That's, but we don't Absolutely. create that front end, dude. That's you, right? That's the, you're the person who does that hard work. Well, and, and that's been the, the breakdown, the disconnect for so long. It's like build my brand, right? If we were to use that rhetoric, build my brand. Well, okay, we can build it and and we can manufacture it and and it will at its core already be out of integrity as in missing pieces not whole and complete and won't last very long because we as a society have become very cautious very cynical very critical we actually are are aren't as willing to give trust like we had before because we keep getting burned you got to show up. You got to be willing to put it on the table in such a way that people go, yeah, that, that feels right. Yeah. It feels right because it's the truth, mm-hmm. right? I'm not trying to win you over. I'm not trying to slide one in behind. It, it is the truth. And either you are resonating with it or you're not. Right. And it makes it easy then at that point. Well, it does. We call it opt-in marketing, right? I mean, that that's the whole thing, David. People people want to, you, you set your message out. Now, it, you can't just do it once. This is another big failure, I believe, and people who don't truly understand what marketing and branding can do. You set it out over and over and over again, like you do. I mean, you're producing content all the time, right? That's part of your value, right? You are showing me the commitment that you want me to succeed as long as you're talking to me. And I think so many people, David, are so concerned with having such mass appeal that yeah. they lose that core truth. What, what do you think about that? Oh, man, I grapple with that on a daily basis. I, I get caught. I just had a conversation with, uh, with somebody about it. You know, this trap of I got to do it the way those people out there do it. And yeah, they, they do it their way. And, and the perception is that they're succeeding at it. And so we have a, we just, we, we also want to succeed in what we're doing. Right. And, but is that actually what makes the difference for me as a communicator, a, a unique communicator, as we all are, or, or am I getting caught in the trap of 
the the sea of sameness, you know, like looking and sounding like everybody else, or or at least looking and sounding like those people. In which case, there is nothing truly differentiating about me because I've, I've put myself in the box, right? And so it's an ongoing breaking down the box to allow my own self-expression, my own truth, me, David Schmeichel, to, to be out in the world. And and it takes a level of courage and bravery to to do that, to take that on, because you don't know what the output's going to be. You have no idea. You don't. But the greatest companies, the greatest brands, the greatest people have all had that level of courage. If you were going to give your younger self advice about that, empowering you as a young lad to have the courage that you have today, how, how would you explain that to young David? Well, I would have gotten on his ass about going back to ACAD. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair, fair. I, uh, it, it really is in the experience of do, the doing, right? I, I got to be doing stuff. I got to be creating and producing and exploring. There, There is no, there, the perception or the, or the misconception that our young generation should have it figured out by the time they get out of high school to, to get into college, to know what it is that you're doing is ludicrous. It, it, it's actually not possible. And we're setting our kids up for failure, uh, not even just failure, because they'll be successful, but they will lack purpose. They won't, at the end down the road, they'll be like, yeah, you know, this, something's off here. It's, this isn't it. And, and there's nothing wrong with going through that process. It's just context. We, I would have given my, my younger self context for paying attention. Hmm. What, what is it that you are noticing as you are exploring and keep exploring and trying on new things, but notice, notice what shows up. Like, are you, are you leaning more in one direction or another? And why are you leaning more in that direction? What is it that excites you? So pursue that a bit more, right? We, we have a, we have a really bad habit. We have a bad habit of, of not following through. Yeah. We stop too soon. Mm -hmm. We think, ah, yeah, no, that, that wasn't it. Well, what, what do you mean it wasn't it? You haven't tried it yet. Right. right. So, so there's this balancing act between those two worlds, explore, be curious, don't stop what you've started until you gotten to the point where you can, without a doubt say, yeah, that's not for me. I think people try to cut bait far and away too quickly before they've really allowed the reality or the opportunity to truly set in. And I think it's because of the fear of failure. So I want to go here because we have Proudmouth has been very open and transparent with the mistakes that we've made. We kind of, that's part of our marketing process is look, we screwed up so you don't have to when it comes to obviously specifically what we do with podcasting, content marketing, all of that stuff. How have you learned from failure and do you wear your failure on your sleeve as a badge of honor or is it just something you learn from to move on from i do wear it as a badge of honor and i strive to showcase said badges of honor as much as i can yeah well who gets in the way is is the the other david that uh, tries to keep me safe and uh and playing a safe game is a small game mm -hmm. There are many times, many, many times where I, I don't share my my failures, my badges of honor 
because I, I think that I've created a story or, or these stories been influenced to say, yeah, you should have succeeded there, right? It should have been a success. And, and, and it's just a, a very disempowering place. Those that know me know that I'm very willing to share the journey and what's happened, what hasn't worked. I've, I've got a rich story there and, and we all do, if we were to really look yeah. the ups and downs and, and those near misses and it's like, wow, my life could have been so different had that thing happened for good or for bad. Right. Yeah. I'm learning to really embrace all of it because it's not good or bad. It just is. It's, it's all man, brother. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, you though, I haven't even prefaced this. Actually, it's not true. It's which is a, po a, a poet, a coach, and a bald guy. I'm the bald guy. I am also a bald guy. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, but yeah. I didn't want to call you a bald guy in this. I wanted to make sure that I was referring to myself, just because you know there's some people who have issues with with the hairlessness. But one of the cool things, and part of the way that you have described your your experiences in life, so failures, what is that is is through poetry, like mm -hmm. getting up on stage and being raw. In fact, I was really wavering on, on just opening the show with your, with your video, right? Oh. <laughs> Jen's going to put that up on the screen so everybody can um, go ahead and watch that. Jen, if you could also cut and paste that and throw that in chat, that'd be great. But dude, there's something about you being on stage or utilizing the framework of poetry to communicate your journey. Where, where the hell did that come from? I know, right? I, I, I ask myself that question. I, I remind myself of where it came from because sometimes I'm like, where are that? What poetry? Like of all things. Yeah. It started with my podcast, actually, of, of, uh, of all catalyst moments. It was the podcast that, that triggered it. This, this innate desire to want to share my story to to talk about what's going on in the moment in the past aspirations for the future whatever it was like it just needed a platform and my best friend and i we started a podcast four years ago and it was just low-key and it was just us bantering back and forth right and and we still him not as much he's he's got a bunch of other things going on but but this is this is my uh, my arena. This is where I play. And so I continue to record podcasts and continue to explore the platform of storytelling. I lost my brother. It was a a grim output outcome of uh, of being tossed through the system of grappling through mental illness and um, and hanging around the wrong people. And and he was taken from us in cold blood and he was a poet. There was something inside that that just compelled me to take take the rein and move it, keep moving it forward on his behalf. Because while he was a guy that grappled with with many dark secrets in, in many dark corners of society, let alone personally, he was a beacon for for those in those areas. Uh, he was a a, a pillar that people could count on. And, and that's what actually had the, the case get solved so quickly is because of who he was and people just saying, no, I, I have to, the detectives like, this doesn't happen in situations like this. This doesn't happen like this, but because of who, who he was and how he helped others, people were compelled to, to be of support, to, to help and, and figure it out. 
yeah, so that part was was the catalyst moment for me to just try it on. Hmm. Like, well, maybe I will take on poetry. I'll, I'll just I'll just do it. And so as I do it, I I throw myself right in the deep end. I said yes to a uh, a twenty minute talk for Creative Mornings. Mm-hmm. So it was twenty minutes of poetry. And I practiced for nine months. I wrote it. It's like I got I got tapped. I don't even know how all that stuff came out so easily because I also have a story that I'm not a good writer, 30 years running, not a good writer. So a guy who doesn't write and, and has never done poetry is performing poetry and just taking it to the extreme. It, it's just it's not typical. <laughs> I would agree that it's not typical, but... It is something that you have not only excelled at, but you touch a lot of people's lives with with the choices of words that you put together. All of those words have been spoken before in different orders or maybe even in the same order. But because of what you're bringing to it, that's where things change. And what we're finding in, in your brother is a and I'm, I'm sorry to say, I mean, a good example. I'm sorry at what happened. But it's the principle of reciprocity, right? When you continuously deposit love, good energy, good knowledge into the karmic pool of whatever you want to call the world of understanding, when, when you have to draw from that or even when you ask to draw from that, it's much more receptive to give. That's that abundance mindset. And, and you use your podcast for a lot of different outlets. Has, has it been something that you've used to help build and grow your your personal business too or is this just an outlet for you yeah i think they are uh, symbiotic we what we do where we spend our time and energy there well for one there's only so much time energy and attention that we have at our disposal and so what we put in we get out right and yeah, the, the podcast has been a, an opportunity for me to, to share story, but not just share story, to, to allow others to share story who might not ever have considered that they had a story to tell, let alone the platform to tell it. I, I make that available because it's important. And there are some crazy, crazy people in this world doing crazy things that are so under the radar and you're like how do how, how do i not know about you what you know what what's the deal here and this is the reality and we got a lot of people on this planet right a little bit more awareness to to what's actually going on versus what the media is shoving in your face is is a welcomed alternative from my perspective yeah and that's why we wake up every morning it's we we want to find those people those people who have truly something to say that will make a, a lasting impact on either their their community or the greater community or culture as a whole and and to help them rise above the noise and be their own loud and and I think you really just have embodied that you in and you do it in your way we don't try to force anybody into doing it our way if you want to do because you, you do it all I'm, I'm sorry I'm, 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 I mean, you, you <laughs> video right you do your podcasting you still write your your performance your you do performance right so you actually do live poetry you kind of uh, cover the whole gambit and we just want anybody who's listening to this to realize that it doesn't matter what media you choose just choose one and get your voice out in the marketplace if you can choose multiple ones that's great but you have to find that one that you're really, really, truly comfortable with. Now, we talked a little bit about why you do what you do and 
in your, your life experience and where you've gotten to here. And we're going to talk a little bit more about how you do what you do, but I want to get a little bit more to the why mm-hmm. you, you could have chosen a much easier path uh, than you've chosen so far. Why, why do you get up in the morning and put those headphones on, get behind that microphone and talk to people and do what you do? Well, the why I've talked about it a few times now, and it really is just in getting under people who've not, who've not shared what it is that they do and the value they bring. The big driver though, like there, there is a clear vision of the future that is supporting the why. I think that the why uh, is, is very purposeful. It, it comes from your experiences and what doesn't work. And, and you tend to, to kind of drive towards changing that. Right. And I'm clear about that. And, and I'm also clear that in order for that to really work well, you need to have a clear vision of the future. There's a lot of clarity there. For me, there is this aha moment that uh, that's happened quite recently. You know, the, the culmination of, of exploring it and looking at it and, and sitting with it and then iterating on it and going, is that it? Is there something else? Like just this constant process, this creative process. It's very chaotic. It's not predictable. It's quite unpredictable. And I've just learned to embrace it. My vision is that organizations actually become a catalyst for purpose and meaningful work. That our organizations are are front and center with our people, with us as people as it is. And we spend so much time there. It just makes sense for me to to have them be catalysts for this type of conversation, to have the right people doing the right things for themselves inside of the, the broader picture of an organization who are also clear about what it is that they're doing and the impact that they're looking to make. And so that's a win, 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 like just across the board. And that's that's what keeps me going is the ability, the opportunity to be able to get get people, get companies to to understand that, to define it, and then and then use it as as fuel to just keep going, because it's long lasting. It doesn't expire. It's not right. it's not a revenue goal, right? It's it's so much bigger than that, and it and it and it drives all of those success metrics, yeah. right? If somebody's listening to this, who who do you want to be introduced to? I mean, who if if I could tee you up because I'd love to do this, it'd be maybe very happy. If I could tee you up the ideal person that you just talked about to that you could work with, that you could work with in their organization to help them find that core to have that permeate everything and create a real cult culture uh, that everybody is really moving in the same direction to make real change. Who do you want to be introduced to? Mm-hmm. There's there's three individuals. They could be working for themselves. They could be working in an organization, leading an organization. And one is, is the visionary, right? They, they have big ideas and big plans for the future, but maybe don't have the, the, they, they don't have it as clearly defined as they'd like to ensure that they get the right type of people on board, right? How you express it, communications is a magic bullet sometimes. If you've expressed it and shared it in a certain way and people go, damn, that, like, I want some of that, right? So, so that's one. The other one is what I love to call the closet difference maker. They are so passionate about what it is that they do 
they have acquired so much knowledge and are maybe in a place now where they're, they're, they're thinking about what's next, right? It's like, yeah, you know, I've done this for so long and this is, this can't be all there is. There's gotta be something else. And they, they really do want to be able to make a difference out there. They, they just don't know what that looks like for them because they've been in the corporate game for however long, or they've been in that role for, for 25 years, 30 years, whatever it is. And we've got this up and coming generation who, who are, are on the spectrum, right? They're either clear and they're just driving forward and also need mentorship or they're, they lack clarity. They don't know where to go. They feel like they're lost and they need mentorship. Well, that seems like the next logical thing to invest your time in to make the difference around if it's not like making making a company more successful, the next company more successful. How about our people? How about our how about our young people? And I'd love to give them the tools to be clear like who it is that they're of service to and and what kind of difference they want to make for those type of people. Or it's the aspiring entrepreneur. They've just got They've got ideas, you know, they've got dreams, they, and they, they want to make it tangible, but, but they've got too much, right? They're too in the clouds. They've got lots of ideas. Well, we got to distill it down. You got to get that, you got to, you got to really sharpen it, you know, get it to that pointy tip so that you can just drive forward. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're my three that I, that I love to, to work There's, with. There are a couple of words that you've used a lot throughout the podcast, uh, you know, one, one of them is really clarity and the other one is vision. And, mm. and if I was going to distill uh, those three categories of people, if you are a person <laughs> wants more clarity and, 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 uh, you know, and has a vision and wants to have somebody help you figure that out, you know, that was one of the smartest things that we ever did here at Proudmouth was, as we hired a, an outside consulting firm to help us with this new brand. And, and because we, Kirk and I have, more ideas that we know what to do with. Right. And then basically what we did and what we would do with, with somebody like you, we just give all of those ideas, those visions, those feelings, all of those things. And then when you work with somebody like David, everybody, what happens is they help, they help clarify the muddied waters that a lot of us, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs or even habitual entrepreneurs or crazy people like us who love to start businesses and do (laughs) crazy new things. It's wonderful to have somebody like David in your corner because it gives you the opportunity to gain the clarity that most of us just flat out don't have. It also helps, and I heard you say this, align everybody who's involved with the philosophical underpinnings, the purpose of the organization, which will hopefully bigger be bigger than just make freaking more money. Because you know what? You can make more money whenever, but one of the things that you you if you start making change, then we believe everything else will follow right now. Maybe that's just, I'm a ridiculous optimist, David, but what, 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 I'm right there with you, man. Are you? Okay. All right. Oh yeah. Well, I'm glad that you, you got insanity. You got to be ridiculously optimistic in this world. Otherwise, <laughs> I mean, the outcome's not very good otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I don't want to be in the same sea of sameness and I, you know, and maybe that's, you know, my generation or, or what the whole generation X sort of idea of, rage against machine F you, I won't do what you tell me sort of idea, right? And, and just trying to figure out how we're going to fit in 
It's not a smooth transition and we don't want it to be. So bring it on. I'll take the lumps. I've been taking the lumps since I was a latchkey kid when my mom would be like, you need to be home at 10 o'clock tonight. And I would literally be gone. Of course, it wasn't 10 o'clock. It was like 730. But, you know, I would be gone and my, my mom didn't have a cell phone. She couldn't call me. I was ready to take the bumps and bruises and get into danger. And I absolutely freaking loved every every minute of it. Last but not least, so let's let's kind of uh, start packaging all of this up a little bit. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and make sure that we've already shared the the links in the chat. We're going to put the other links in the show notes. But as somebody's listening to this and they're like, you know what? I like this dude. How, how should they reach out to you? What really is the best way to communicate you however you want? Well, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So that that's the, uh, the easiest way to, to reach out to me, my website, davidschmeichel.com or the Baron Unicorn, not the Baron Unicorn, but the bear as an animal and unicorn dot uh, CA. Uh, and there, that's a whole other story, but I had somebody go the Baron Unicorn, like empty Ooh. unicorn, like, Oh no, 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 that's not, uh, that's not how it goes. Anyways, I probably shouldn't have put that in there. Cause now all you're going to think about is the Baron Unicorn, but yeah, LinkedIn for sure. Okay, good, good, good. Well, the last question that I like to ask everybody, because I like to think that I'm, I'm moderately good at doing research and, and, and hosting a show, but there are a lot of times that I chase rabbits, dude, that <laughs> might not have been the rabbits you wanted me to chase through the podcast. Is there, what, what should I have asked you that I didn't? Man, you, you touched on everything really. Yeah. I, I can't really think of anything that, uh, that's like standing out that would have been good to talk about. Well, I'll make a deal with you, dude. If uh, after we get done today, if uh, you're like, dude, yeah, Matt, you, you should have asked me this freaking question. I'm mad at you for not doing it. We'll just have you back on the show. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. That sounds awesome. All right, everybody. Well, so here's the thing. Everything that David said is the precursor to what we do. And now that's actually not why I had you on the show. I had you on the show because I just thought you were freaking cool and I really wanted to talk to you a little bit. But it's neat to see how these things go together, right? And and I was not 1 million percent clear on on what David did for his clients. But when you work with somebody like David and then and then when when you're about to launch into the world, if you want to launch and have a hell of an impact, uh, that's really where where Proudmouth comes in. We're going to take all of the messaging and all of the stuff that David helps you create the clarity of vision and focus and purpose and then give you an outlet to get your voice out into the marketplace. That, that's all. That's the, that's what we do. We've got lots of different ways to do it. I'm not going to bore you with all of those, but we'd love it if you uh, would follow us on, on LinkedIn also. So follow David and, and follow uh, Kirk and myself and Proudmouth as a company. But the other thing that would be really fantastic, if you do have a moment and you want to see what is possible for you, our Influence Accelerator Academies is a great free way to find out a little bit more about that. And Subscribe to David's YouTube channel. Now we put that in there already in the the comments and in the in the or in the chat. Look at what you can do when you have passion, commitment, dedication, and focus. You can create unbelievable content, powerful content that is going to draw people to you. And that's truly what an influencer is. David is an influencer, right? He has created this pool of of like positive energy that people just get get sucked to and then are like, oh my God, this guy's going to make my life better, different, stronger, you know, whatever. Take a look at that stuff. Because you know what? We're only here for a short period of time and you might as well live it to the best of your freaking ability. What do you think, David? 
I'm, uh, I'm honored and, and humbled that, that you said what you did. And I agree a hundred percent. Thanks brother. All right, everybody. If you have not subscribed to our podcast, make sure you do. If you know anybody who needs to hear this, super easy to share it on social or share it through your podcast streaming network. But for David and for all of us here at Proudmouth, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to Be Your Own Loud, where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast, share it with others in your company or profession, follow us on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Visit us at Proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know-how.